welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. So if you've been following the anime news lately, you'll know that a bunch of shows have been delayed due to COVID-19 delaying production. Even before the season started, shows like Origao Season 3 and Sword Art Online got delayed and pushed back for a couple seasons, and every day we're getting new news of other shows getting delayed into the future. For shows I'm following specifically this season, Cute Girls Doing Kissing Things So, Hokugao Teibo Nisi, Rich Detective So, Fugo Keiji, Balance Unlimited, Wacky Racist Anime, Aparai Ranman, and Season 5 of Sokugeki no Soma, as well as Digimon Adventure, are all shows that have been affected. Other long-running shows, such as One Piece, Pokemon, and the anime running since 1969 Sazai-san, have all been delayed. On the bright side, some shows, such as the Otome Game Reverse Harem Anime Isekai Hamifura and Webtoon Adaptation Tower of God have all been confirmed to already been completed, and so they won't be delayed. So what's the difference between the shows that end up, you know, being delayed and what are those that have the production all done? Well, it's right there. The production is different. As with most forms of mass media, each anime series has hundreds, if not thousands of individuals working together on different elements of production to get it aired. As anyone who's worked in a group project can tell you, it's a minor miracle that anything gets done on time and with good quality. For anime, a lot of anime sometimes gets done, you know, weeks, if only weeks, if not days before going to air, um, with special exceptions such as Tower of God, as mentioned above. Um, in the case of these recent delays, most of the delays come from the fact that in Japan, voiceover work is done in one room with all the actors together, as opposed to recording in individual sound booths like they do here in the West. This allows voice actors to be able to play off of each other. With social distancing in effect, that's not really possible right now. Hence all the delays. There's a whole lot more to the world of anime production that I'd love to cover at some point in a future episode. But for now, how did I learn what I do know now? In some cases, anime YouTubers go behind the scenes to pull back the curtain on who made what and how and why. Uh, the Canapa Effect, for example, is a great example of this. Uh, he goes into all the different directors and animators on specific shows, um, and kind of the pedigree on other shows and how those influences play to the current show he's talking about. Um, the channel Paulo in Tokyo doesn't usually cover anime and manga specifically, but uh, he does have a video about the day in the life of a manga artist that's pretty educational. Um, I'll link both of those in the show notes below. You can also check out the blog Sakugaburu to, you know, look at the specific animators on specific works and what cuts they did in which episode. And maybe you can find the anime that you are a special fan on, fan of to try to follow his work and see what he's working on in an upcoming season. Sometimes, distributors will release behind-the-scenes videos of the production to explain how it all came together. Uh, Crunchyroll, for example, did this with... Uh, Food Wars and uh, Dr. Stone, and I also remember this a video like this coming out for One Punch Man. But frankly, I've learned most of what I know about the making of anime and manga from the animators and the mangaka themselves uh, in the works they produced. After all, the best works of fiction come from when you write about what you know and when you insert a little bit of element of truth. Um, so it kind of makes sense that animators and manga mangaka who what do they know best how to make anime and manga so you know why don't they make anime and manga about anime and manga i promise that's the last time for a little bit i'll be saying anime and manga um 
you know, maybe some of these shows might be a little exaggerated for dramatic effect or for entertainment value, or you know, they may they may ignore some of the darker sides of the industry a lot of the times. But then what again, what piece of fiction doesn't? In any case, here are a couple shows and series that dive into that particular world and hopefully can be education as educational as they are entertaining. Uh, the following shows are I have watched and definitely would recommend you at least check out. So to start off, you can't really talk about series about making series, specifically manga about making manga, without talking about Bakuman. Uh, originally published in Weekly Sonen Jump from 2008 to 2012 for 176 chapters, uh, it is written by Chigumi Opa and drawn by Takese Obada, the same duo that brought you reclaimed series uh, Death Note. It was adapted into a 75-episode anime between 2010 and 2013 by JC Staff, directed by Kenichi Kasai, and has a live-action adaptation movie uh, in 2015. In this series, a pair of high school boys, artist Mashiro, who happens to be the nephew of an older manga artist who died from overworking himself, and his friend, uh, writer Takagi, team up to become serialized in Sonin Jump. Uh, that writer-artist uh, pair seems kind of familiar, doesn't it? Um... Masiro's quest Azuki you know, is working toward becoming a voice actress, and so all three of them decide to pursue the dream of having Azuki star as a voice actress in an adaptation manga of the boys' manga. And so it follows the journey of manga production, uh, from Masiro and Takagi submitting one-shot ideas to a new editor at, at Sonen Jump, uh, to finally getting serialized, to competing against their fellow mangaka in the magazine to see who'll have the most popular manga, to you know eventually deciding should we continue with the series, how do we make the series more popular, or should we try to go to a completely different series. You know, throughout the show, lots of detail is given to the mechanical details of creating manga, from you know how to write out the script and story, to storyboarding and writing out the rough drafts, to creating final manuscripts and working with assistants and editors. I definitely remember following the fan scanlations of Bakuman throughout high school when it first came out, and while I wasn't much of a seasonal anime watcher throughout high school, when I went off to college in the fall of 2010, Bakuman was one of the first shows I started making an effort to watch on a weekly basis. Personally, my favorite aspect of this show is how it you know, very clearly shows a combat shonen anime. It's, it's very much in that vein of like Dragon Ball or Naruto or, you know, People are, are combating against each other. They're leveling up. There's competition, but you know it's also without it being like a physical combat. In, you know, kind of the funny thing is this show kind of you know hangs a lampshade on that. It calls out that the mangaka are writing manga about a non-battle battle anime, um, and you know you can kind of see how influential this series is, kind of in my thinking of how anime works and how manga works, um, you know, if I'm using terms that they use to kind of describe other shows. Um, in any case, you can watch Bakuman on streaming uh, on Hulu, I believe. So if Bakuman is the show, you, is the manga you read about making manga, then Shirobako is the anime you watch about making anime. Uh, it's an original anime story by studio PA Works and directed by Tsutomu Mizushima. It ran for 24 episodes from 2014 to 2015. Uh, the story primarily focuses on Miyamori, a production assistant at Musashino Animation, a small anime studio. In high school, she was in an anime club with four other girls, and each member of that club went on to work in the anime industry. Uh, Miyamori as the aforementioned producer, one of them when became an animator, another a voice actress, another a CG artist, and another as a scriptwriter. 
At the end of the day, Serial Baku is pretty much a workplace slice of life. You know, you follow your characters on their ups and downs, their victories and defeats. Um, as it masterfully gets you to care about the things the characters care about, even in real life you wouldn't be, that's, I think, a sign of a really great show. Um, because even if you're not an animator yourself, I think everyone can relate to, you know, slackers and groupmate projects who mess up workflow and put this by hand schedule. Everyone can kind of relate to workplace politics, you know, getting us down and overcoming those obstacles to, you know, put out something we're proud of. You know, you, everyone has that feeling of feeling stuck in your current situation and coping with it and finding your own self-work worth and you know comforting yourself in little unique ways be it you know enjoying donuts or you know uh doing workplace stretches on the roof uh this show is a loving homage to the production side of the anime industry and all the crap that producers and project managers and coordinates have to go through to get something out on time and you know this actually had they actually had a movie that came out in japan you know uh, only a couple months ago this past february um about the same characters making an anime movie this time of course uh you know so there's definitely more shirobako i'm looking forward to seeing uh, hopefully whenever we can go back to see it in theaters uh shirobako the tv series can be watched uh on streaming on Crunchyroll. um you know there are also some other individual episodes within larger series that also cover anime production. A couple that I've seen, um, the earliest that I could find was the sixth episode of the Golden Boy OVA series in 1995. Uh, based on a manga by Tatsuga, Tatsuya Egawa from 1991 to 1998, it follows the adventures of 25-year-old Kentaro, a college dropout who does odd jobs here and there to learn about the world. You know, His thing is about studying, studying the world. My favorite part, so, you know, in this episode, uh, he ends up taking on the job of a part-time, you know, production assistant for an anime company, uh, and, you know, all the struggles he has to go through to, you know, help get it out on time because they're behind on schedule. My favorite part was definitely when he commented on how messy the animators' desks were in the studio, but instead of showing a hand-drawn animator's desk, uh, they just took a picture of probably someone's desk from the studio and just put that in and voiced over it instead of drawing it out just trying to show you that yeah animators really are messy um so you know you can find the ova for streaming on Crunchyroll. though content warning there is a lot of mature subject matter um the 90s were a real different time for anime uh, anyway, following that up, uh, in 2001 and 2004, there were a two-part OVA uh, by Studio Yumeta Company uh, directed by Akitaro Daichi called Anime Western Kuromi. And it's pretty much the same story as Shirobaku and, and that Golden Boy episode. A false production, production assistant named Kuromi who has to wrangle the various animators in different ways, you know, flattering them or, you know, just listening to them or, you know, enabling her animators to get the keyframe animation in on time to the studio uh, in order to, you know, make the airing date. Um, you know, while Shirobako definitely goes into a lot more depth and detail being the full 24 episodes versus only two OVA episodes here, um, even with over the 10 years distance, it's pretty striking to see that the only real thing that's changed is that technology that's being used, you know, um, drawing things digitally as opposed to, um, you know, having to, to draw it on paper and scan it in and doing coloring um, in different ways. Um so yeah, I guess some things change, some things stay the same, mostly being people are never going to get things in on time. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find a place to legally stream this, um, and the original DVD is out of print. However, I did find the first OVAs uploaded on someone's YouTube channel um, on YouTube. Uh, so, you know, go around and, and dig around for there if you want to check it out. It is the English sub, or English dub. 
Uh, finally, you know, there is the 2004 Madhouse anime Paranoia Agent, uh, directed by Satoshi Kon. Uh, specifically, episode 10 also covers anime production as well, uh, specifically kind of from a horrific supernatural angle. Uh, to be honest, I haven't watched it yet myself, so I can't really comment on it more than that. Um, but, you know, if you do, and I'm going to, uh, Paranoia Agent can be found on Funimation. Uh, this next show is actually a pretty recent one. Uh, it aired just this past season, uh, Winter 2020. Um, and some are calling it kind of, you know, anime of the decade so far, though. You know, I don't know how much of that is, but it is directed by the famed animator Masaki Yuasa uh, and Studio Science Saru. Um, Keep Your Hands Off Eizouken is an adaptation of an ongoing manga by Sumita Owara that's been running since 2016. It follows the story of three girls who form a film research club uh, known as Eizouken, hence the name of the title, uh, with the intent of creating anime of their own. Uh, the three characters are Asakusa, who is an introverted girl who enjoys exploring the world around her and creating settings in her imagination uh, and see access to the directors uh, of the anime um, that they make. Misuzaki is an amateur model with actor parents who, you know, her thing is she really appreciates the detail of human mo- movement and wants to capture that through her drawings. And so she serves as the club's primary animator. Uh, Kanamori is Asakusa's friend who she doesn't have a particular love for anime, um, but you know she's very business savvy and serves as the producer, producer uh, reining in the wild tendencies of the other two and keeping them on schedule while also sourcing you know everything they need, you know, be it working with the art club to make backgrounds or getting the IT club to give them a computer or fending off the administration and student council from getting in the way. Um, you know, people call her kind of money kind of as a joke. Um, you know, if Sirobako was focused on the production process of anime uh, from a more of a logistical side with, you know, the creative elements of creating anime, um, kind of being just one part in that larger process, uh, Eizouken really focuses on the power of those creative um, elements, not only to affect those who watch the anime, but especially the effect it has on those who are creating it. Uh, my favorite part of each episode is when the characters, they're drawn, you know, typical cel-shaded style, um, you know, solid colors, um, they're suddenly transported to a world within one of Asakusa's notebooks, which are rel- rent- lovingly rendered in beautiful watercolor paintings uh, with a whimsical, synthy musical motif that really captures the wonder of imagination and kind of shows what makes their gears grind inside their head when they're watching anime and how they, you know, perceive their art craft. Um... It still does touch on the real world constraints, uh, you know, mostly the Kanamori trying to, you know, get get them to finish the anime actually instead of just endlessly delving into the details of the show without actually putting anything to paper. Um, you know, in a world where money and deadlines are a thing, and you know that can limit the final product. But you know, I think any creator is going to, to to accept that that's have to accept that's the truth. After all, the director of one of the top anime of all time movies of all time, Your Name, uh, Makoto Shinkai himself admitted that he viewed Your Name as incomplete. Uh, but simply, he just had a date he needed to ship out the the movie before without making further changes. So, um, I think you know, keep your hands off Azuken. You know, is definitely a show to watch if you're interested in animation, um, especially if you're into animation. Um, you can find that on Crunchyroll. 
Um, you know, thus far we've been talking about anime that talk more about the visual aspect of anime and manga, the drawings and backdrops that comprise the moving images that we see on screen or on page. And that's definitely a huge part of anime. Um, it is an audiovisual medium, after all. Um, but the the audio part, you know, is just as important. And so, music and voice actresses, uh, voice actresses are known as seiyu in Jap- Japanese, um, are an important part as well. There have been a number of anime about seiyu, though. Looking through the list, um, it looks like I've only seen one. Um, that one was 2015's so Soriga Seiyu or Seiyu's Life. Uh, it's directed by former voice actress Masumi Asano by Studio Gonzo, and it's actually based on the doujin or self-published manga that she co-wrote at Comiket uh, from 2011 to 2017. Um, this show basically details the life of voice actresses from audition process to you know having to find part-time work outside of recording to all the varied varied kinds of voice acting gigs that uh, they may have you know not just anime but also voice vo- also commercials and other things as well follows three different actresses at three different points in the career one's like a prodigy high school voice actress one is someone who's been in there for a couple of years and one's a relative newbie who's still like a full-time working adult um, you know frankly I I'll be honest I actually kind of forgot that I'd seen this until doing research for this episode so make of that what you will but you know rewatching a couple of episodes for this I definitely remember this being less optimistic than Sirobako about you know the the life of a voice actress um, but maybe that's a bit more of a realistic portrayal of of you know working in the industry um, the fact that it's directed and written by a former say you you know probably lends credence to this um, you can stream Soriga Seiyu on Funimation uh, of course, you know, sometimes anime and manga, you know, productions serve more as the backdrop of the story as opposed to being the focus of the story itself. A good example of this is this season show, which I talked about last episode, Kakoshi Goto, um, which, uh, for example, the main character has a job as a manga artist um, in Japanese, Kakushi Goto, Kakushi Goto means writing job, uh, and that's his secret Um Kakushi Goto, hence the pun in the name, uh, from uh, he wants to keep his writing job a secret from his daughter for various reasons. Um, you know the various realities of the job. You know, co- uh, coming up with manuscripts, working with assistants and editors. You know, all of those drive specific scenarios um, between the interactions between the father and the daughter uh, and move the plot of the series forward. But they're not what the show is ultimately about. The show is ultimately about this relationship between father and daughter as opposed to the animation production or the manga production itself. That said, it's still definitely a good watch. Um, and you know, like I said last week, you can watch Kakashi Goto on Funimation. Another series like this is Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Um, it's animated by studio Doga Kobo and uh, directed by Mitsue Yamazaki and came out in 2014. Uh, it's based on the manga by Izumi Tsubaki about a girl, Sakura, who confesses to her classmate who she's crushing on, Nozaki. Um, however, he interprets this as her having discovered that he is actually secretly the author of a very popular sojo or girl's manga, uh, Let's Fall in Love. And he ends up getting her to work with him as an assistant while he's very oblivious. Meanwhile, everyone else clearly knows he's into him. He's very oblivious to her crush on him. Um, obviously, this anime is a lot more about their relationships and the relationships of their friends in a very cute and wholesome way and all the hijinks that ensue. Uh, shout out to Tomoda, who is the best friend a guy could ask for. Um, you know, The manga writing bit is just, again, the backdrop for the larger story, though definitely very enjoyable. Uh, you can watch Nozaki-kun on Crunchyroll. 
similarly, the anime Sainani Hironin no Sodetakaka, uh, or Saikana for short, um, or How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend in English, uh, uses the premise of you know a creative process for some otaku project as the backdrop for a larger story. Uh, Saikano is originally a light novel that ran from 2012 to 2017 by Fumiaki Maruto that was adapted into an anime by A1 Pictures, directed by Kanta Kame from 2015 to 2017 for 25 total episodes, uh, plus also a movie that came out late last year in 2019 in Japan and has yet its way to make to the States, which I really want to see. Um, the premise is that all around otaku, you know, he likes manga, anime, movies, video games, light novels, mm, you know, models and all that. Um, this all around otaku Tomoya, uh, he decide he's inspired by you know, after seeing his beautiful classmate on the hill, uh, Megumi Kato, um, you know, to create a visual novel computer game, dating sim, uh, basically dating sim, uh, to sell at the famous anime convention Comiket. Uh, to do this, he somehow loops in the doujin artist uh, Eriri and the novelist Utaha to, you know, who they both happen to be his classmates to help uh, him make it. And his cousin Michu provides music, and of course, the titular boring girlfriend Megumi, um, who's you know again the inspiration for the light no- the the visual novel ends up helping um, as a you know kind of a programmer slash producer as well um, you know as always you know hijinks ensue and again the show is really about the relationship uh, between Tomia and all of these characters and the characters relationship with each other uh, but I just again wanted to highlight this as an example of a series that uses the creative pursuit of otaku culture as the backdrop and you know I will say I did learn a little bit about you know the way visual novels are set up. Um, also, I don't care what anyone else says, Megumi Kado is best girl of best girls. Uh, you can watch her and all the rest of Saikano on Amazon Prime Video. So, you know, that's, you know, what, like five, eight, five to ten is anime that I've talked about. Um, you know, this is by no means an exhaustive list. Um, you know, as long as there's been anime and manga, you know, there have been other series and they kind of just progress at more and more crop up as time goes on. Um, you know, that feature a creator of manga or anime or light novels, um, either as the main focus or more recently, actually, I, I've, I've noticed it's been a lot more. That's the background. And again, it's kind of the later category of it's the background for the relationship hygiene between characters um so the ones of other shows um the following shows i haven't watched myself so i can't really give any recommendations in regard to quality but if you're interested you know this, maybe this is a place for you to check out um, also just the content warming some of these may lean a li- little bit more into the looter mature side of things uh so it's, again i can't verify because i haven't seen them myself so uh, you have been warned so, you know, some shows that focus on uh, light novel creators, uh, 2017 had two, uh, Ero Manga Sensei uh, and The Sisters All You Need. Um, in uh, There's some anime about, uh, you know, being a voice actor, so a seiyu. Um, 2010 had Koen no Oshigoto and 2016 had Girl's Number. Um, you know, there's some works about, you know, being a manga artist, um, in 2001, so this is actually kind of crazy. There was a light novel visual dating sim called Comic Party that was originally released in the late 90s at Comic Cat. Um, it's called Comic Party. The premise is you're, you know, you are managing a doujin and you can end up potentially dating, you know, your fellow people who are working on the project with you. Um, that got turned into an anime um, in 2001, again, called Comic Party. 
Um, in 2008, um, mangaka Yoshihiro Tatsumi wrote a autobiographical manga about his work as a mangaka uh, called A Drifting Life. Uh, I think you can find that on in Barnes Nobles. I've definitely seen it on some of their lists. Um, 2013 had the so-called Man Girl, you know, manga girl. Um, 2014 had Mangaka-san to Assistant-san, the animation, and 2018 had the show Comic Girls. Um, something I haven't really talked, I mean, I kind of touched it on it with the, vis- I don't know how you would call, if you categorize like a dating sin visual novel as like a real video game, um, some call considered like a form of literature. Um, but in any case, um, there was an anime called New Game, which I actually kind of have been meaning to watch, that came out in 2016. It's more focused on the working life in the Sirobako is vein from what I've heard, but it's focused on video games. And I believe there's actually a sequel to this as well, New Game Plus um, Plus. So yeah, that, that's New Game Plus. Um, and then one interesting one is the show uh, Recreators. I haven't watched this myself. It came out in 2017. Um, it's a little bit more fantastical, but the idea is that um, you know manga, manga or anime you know creators within the show um, their creations come to life, come to the real world, and then they get to interact with their creators. So that's a pretty interesting premise. Um, you know, I think it has some mixed reviews, but I'm, I'm I think I'm going to check it out at some point soon. Um, and I. You know, I also didn't want to finish have this converse, this conversation in, in this list without talking about other anime about um, not about the creation process but about the consumption process. So two of them that stand out. Um, 1991 had there was a spoof anime that kind of spoofed otaku culture called Otaku no Video, um, and then there's another manga which I actually read this kind of um, in high school called Genshiken. Um, it's really a period piece, you know, early 2000s about it's a manga. Um, about college-age otaku in the early 2000s. It's been in print at some point between 2002, 2016. I think there were like two versions of it um, with different cast of characters. Um, kind of like, you know, the club as people graduate and new cast of characters come in. It's called Gensiken. Um, and kind of people coming to grips with the way that they love, you know, uh, anime and otaku culture, be it making models, video game, TV show, manga, or even cosplay. Um, and then it also has an anime in some in some form or another between 2004 and 2013. Um, definitely dated, um, but and a lot of references to other manga, which you may not always get if you're not as familiar with other stuff. But you know, definitely check out Genshiken if, if you think you might you know enjoy that. Um, so anyway, I think that to wrap this all up, personally, I really find. Um, stories of individuals who are passionately chasing after something they really want or have a vision about, you know, that they want to pursue, you know, the real, those are the most engage, engaging and exciting stories for me. Um, I think by definition, the creative process requires some of chasing that vision, chasing, um, and so, you know, a manga or anime about that creative drive really speaks to me personally. Um, combine that with the belief that, you know, if you understand the behind the scenes of how something was, is made, and frankly, I also really like, you know, artists writing about what they know. You know, I like, for example, the artist of Full Metal Alchemist grew up on a dairy farm. Her work after Full Metal Alchemist was based on a dairy farm, and that was really engaging because she really knew her stuff. So what, if, when manga and anime, and anime makers write and make shows about uh, manga and anime, you know, you know they know what they're talking about. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I see that, you know, I believe that if you understand the behind the scenes of how something is made, rather than ruining the mystery and the appeal and mystique of whatever it is that's having the cover pulled back, I think I personally gain a greater appreciation for how 
for for that because I know all the work and efforts that's gone into it. You know, so hopefully these shows do the same for you. Um, and again, these aren't all the shows out there. If you have any recommendations or any thoughts, feel free to tweet at me. Um, let me know if I missed any. Um, what 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 shows or anime about um, anime and manga? You know, uh, have I missed? Anyway, before we sign off, I wanted to quickly go over the shows that uh, I have been applying the three episode to rule two from the season where I ended up with them. I mentioned some of these last episode. So the ones I'm not going to be following along with are Galto Kyoryu, Galto and Dinosaur, or and Yesterday Wo Otate, or Sing Yesterday to me. Uh, briefly, Galto Kyoryu, I do enjoy the humor, but I think I'm going to pause it for now and actually go watch Pop Team Epic first because it's made by the same studio. And I think this is an evolution of that humor from what I've seen. So I definitely want to appreciate where it came from first kind of going with the theme of this episode um for yesterday war tate you know i definitely appreciate the technique and the skill that goes into um creating the mood and the reaction of these characters um, i enjoy it to some degree but i'm personally not really a fan of i guess slow burn romances in general even outside of anime um, unless there's some sort of unique twist on the premise which this doesn't really have to be honest um again it's, it's executed very well it's just not my cup of tea um on the other hand i will be king keeping up with hamifura my next life as a villainess uh, tamayomi the cute girls doing ba- baseball anime and the dark and edgy and death game anime gleipnir um hamifura is probably the most unique isekai i've seen in a long time with a super enjoyable cast and especially the main character um tamayomi the animation frankly isn't that great um it kind of alludes to earlier what i mentioned about some shows just not having you know falling under crunch and, and running behind shows getting bad animation kind of is a set is a result of that. i think tamayomi is suffering from a little bit of that um but it is the only cute girls doing cute things anime left this season and has like a warm fuzzy feel in the middle of the week so i'll stick with it for that um and gleipnir their animation on the other hand is amazing uh the fight sequences are great and have real weight to them um so yeah and there's still a sense of mystery about what is going on so you know i'm definitely looking forward to following along um, the other two shows I kind of mentioned that I'm on the maybe list. One was um, Fugo Keji Balance Unlimited, which unfortunately is delayed due to coronavirus. Um, and latecomer uh, Kitsuki Tante Dokoro or Woodpecker's Detective's Office, which at the time of recording has only two episodes so far, so I can't give a three-episode ruling on it yet. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, when you remove the shows I'm pausing for now and those impacted by COVID, I'm down to following 11 shows instead of the 18 I mentioned last week. So uh, here's to hoping not too many more get delayed. In any case, uh, if you have any suggestions for the show, please let me know at yetanotheranimepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at yetanoanipod, that's Y-E-T-A-N-O. A-N-I-P-O-D. Uh, I'm also working on getting my, my anime list up to date. So once I do, I'll include that here. Um, uh, yet another anime podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Links are in the show notes. Uh, if you can leave a review on there or on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash yet another anime podcast, we really help the show out. Uh, intro and outro music is provided by Suichi Sakagami at tandes.com. Uh, editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, we air on the first and third Fridays of each month. Until time, until next time, see you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>